This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode nine. Uh, honey, the trash is full. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina Im. Well, today we're going to be talking about moving from I do to I do what? (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be looking at splitting chores, responsibilities, and really just getting stuff done. Yeah. As we mentioned on episode eight, this topic was actually inspired by one of you, right? One of you actually reached out to us on social media and shared feedback on one of the previous episodes and was like, hey, if you ever have a chance, I'd love to hear your thoughts on splitting chores, responsibilities, back rubs. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided to talk about the former and not the latter. Maybe the latter will be another episode, right? Yeah, a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So if you're not connected with us yet on social media, we are at InBetweenShow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, let's talk about... Actually, this is funny, Christina. Let's talk about that premarital counseling story and how we wanted to do everything together. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I wish you could see my face now because it's one of those like, if I was our premarital counselors at that point, I'd be like, like, really, guys, (laughs) you're living in like fairy tale land. (laughs) Yeah. So what had happened was we had six sessions. We actually did a group premarital counseling, which was very, very interesting and highly recommended, actually. But we'll uh, talk about that in a different show. So what we had to do, we worked through this certain workbook and we had homework every week. So this particular week, our homework was there was a list, I think about maybe 12 or 15 different chores. And we had to discuss as a engaged couple what chore each person should do. Mm -hmm. And so you just kind of write your initial beside it. Yeah, it was this long list, like (laughs) taking the trash out, who's going to do laundry. Who's going to mow the lawn, who's going to clean the bathrooms, who's who's going to grocery shop. Yes, all of those. And so being the idealistic couple that I think we were. (laughs) And plus we had just come off of a one year long I mean, we were long distance for your dating. We were. And I had just moved to Ottawa, Mm -hmm. transferred schools. And we were living not in the same place, but in the same city for that year engaged. Right. So I think there's probably that effect as well. We cherished every single moment (laughs) that we were together. We were able to be together. (laughs) Yeah. Barf, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we decided we're like, oh, well, wouldn't it be so great if we could do everything together? So let's just put both of our initials beside every single chore. Yeah. Let's hold hands while we take the trash (laughs) out. I'll spoon you while you're cooking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You hold the carrot while I chop it. Yes, Exactly. (laughs) So anyway, we brought, you know, our homework to the class and our counselor saw it and they were like, um, this is really sweet guys, but impractical. And we're like, what? Like, we need you to do this assignment again. And both of us were like, what? We failed an assignment? (laughs) We really do want to do everything together. (laughs) And they're like, yes, we know. And that's so wonderful. You want to spend time together. Unfortunately, 
That's not reality. And you're actually wasting a lot of time yeah, doing true. stuff together when you could kind of divide and conquer. I mean, imagine if someone that we were counseling brought that to us today. Seriously, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so that was that was actually a really good exercise. And I'm glad our premarital counselors pushed back. Mm-hmm. And they really challenged us to do it again because when we did it again, we really began to uncover what our normals were. Yes. Right. What those and, and we'll get into it just in a little bit. But but before we unpack those normals, because that was just such a huge, huge part of understanding how we should divide up responsibilities mm-hmm. and, and why and, too. Yeah. And and kind of the, the motivation behind it mm-hmm. all. But before we do that, I do remember this other story of... Uh, it was a couple at our church actually mm-hmm. that asked us just off the cuff. They weren't counseling us or anything like that. They just they were just wondering. They're like, "Hey, uh, are you?" They knew that you were the youngest in mm-hmm. your family, but mm-hmm. they're like, "Daniel, are you like where do you end up? Like where are you in your birth order?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest of, uh, and I have three older sisters." And then what did they say? Oh, they both looked at each other and started like laughing, and they're like, "Yeah, good luck getting anything done." <laughs> and we were like. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> because birth order does affect it, mm-hmm. right? It does affect the normals, right? So let's get into the normals. So this whole idea of the normals, and I think that the easiest way to explain the concept is to think about a pet, right? So if you own a dog or if you own a pet as a married couple or as an adult, then most mostly, and, and when I speak, I'll bring up this this idea and I'll ask people to raise their hands and most people who have a dog or a pet currently they had a dog or that kind of pet when they were kids Mm. and most individuals who don't have dogs today is usually because they didn't have a dog or a pet when they were a kid or one spouse did and the other didn't Mm -hmm. and as a result they're just they just don't have it and and the reason why is is because if you're a kid and you had a dog when you're an adult adult and you have your own family it's just normal that you should have a dog. Yeah, you're right? probably feeling like you're missing something. Exactly. It's not like you read a book that said life is better with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it was just it was just a normal thing. It was a normal thing. So so I remember this one time as a teenager where I was cleaning the dishes and I wasn't like that was part of my normal routine, but dinner was done and there were dishes in the sink and I was just like, "You know what? I'm going to clean them." I don't remember the last time I had ever cleaned the dishes, but I just thought to myself, you know, I'm going to clean it. So I started washing the dishes and my mom immediately came and she's like, what are you doing? That's what girls are supposed to do. You go upstairs and do your homework. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I don't know why that's only for girls, but if you don't want me to do it, well, I guess I don't need to do it. <laughs> just go upstairs and play video games. I don't really want to do my homework right now. <laughs> right. So that was a, a normal thing for me. It, it really was a normal thing for me where I was like, well, I guess guys don't do dishes. Right. And a lot of that had to do with cultural it was, background yeah. as well. It wasn't necessarily just your mom's beliefs. It was, you know, sort of how the Korean culture was at that time. Exactly. And it, it's not like I believe that today. Mm-hmm. It's just what I, I just really remember that moment. Mm-hmm. I really do remember that moment. Right. And on the other hand, so I've talked about it previously before. My parents both owned a business and so they were entrepreneurs and were quite busy. So when uh, my brother and I were growing up, 
uh, my parents didn't have a lot of time to do the chores and whatnot. So they actually hired an outside cleaner to do the chores. Um, my brother and I, I remember this and I was really sad that they had said this, but they clarified like, no, uh, Michael and Christina's rooms are off limits. They need to clean it themselves, but please clean everything else. So I was like, oh, that's brutal. I know. Like, <laughs> wow, way to teach responsibility. Come on. So, and we actually had, um, a favorite restaurant of ours, we hired um, the, or my parents hired the cooks to cook us some meals. And so that we would From be- From that able, restaurant? Yeah. Oh. And so we would be able to, I don't know what kind of deal they had, but we would pick up the food and then we would bring it home and eat all together. Mm. So that was that. Now, um, this is a, a different episode as well, but my dad actually had a brain aneurysm mm-hmm. um, going into myself going into high school. So that changed everything. He actually became a stay-at-home dad at that point. And so he started doing all the cooking and the cleaning and whatnot while my mom was the main breadwinner and went out and and worked. So it was a completely different shift for us. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's fascinating. Even, you know, I'm, I, this is the first time actually I'm hearing that you guys had hired someone to do all your cleaning and, and that, you know, you had kind of contracted it out to a a restaurant to do all, all your cooking before all mm-hmm. that so it's just interesting my you know my wheels are spinning to think okay how how did that affect your normals having been through two completely different extremes oh i hope i'm still normal <laughs> <laughs> well because in my house growing up my mom did basically she did everything inside the house she mm-hmm. did all the cooking all the cleaning my dad, the only thing that he really did inside the house was if something was broken, he'd fix it and he'd vacuum. And everything outside the house, he pretty much did. And it's funny because even today, mm-hmm. when it comes to inside the house, I mean, today I vacuumed. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and I always vacuum. <laughs> like, it's just it's I didn't know weird. your dad vacuumed. That's yeah, really so funny. <laughs> it's, it, it feels weird to me when you vacuum or... If if I don't oh, vacuum enough, it feels enough. weird to me when I vacuum. No, 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 for sure. It really it feels like I'm not doing my thing or pulling my weight when I see you vacuum. I was like, oh no, no, no what are you doing? I gotta do it. And I so I want to anticipate. I was like, no, I really have to vacuum so Christina doesn't feel like she has to vacuum. And same with mowing the lawn and doing stuff outside. It's just it really was those normals that affected that that affect our current behavior and our current expectations. Mm -hmm. And on a side note too, uh, growing up when my parents both were still working, I was the one who did a lot of the outside stuff. (laughs) Okay, this is hilarious. I did the mowing of the grass and I did the shoveling of the snow. How how old were you? I think probably about 12. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So my brother had allergies and, you know, asthma apparently, apparently. (laughs) So he couldn't do those things, but capable Christina could very much well do that so he was like five years older than you yes yes he had to study (laughs) (laughs) all right well not only do normals affect what you and your spouse do or don't do but they also they really do affect how you raise your kids and your expectations or you know of, of of chores that you place on them right yeah like i wonder if we were to ask our kids today like what kind of chores um, you know, do mommies do and do daddies That's do true. and what is their kind of um, thinking behind that? I wonder if they would even see that like, oh, well, all daddies should be vacuuming because they see you mm. vacuuming or all mommies should be cooking or whatnot. I don't know. That'd be a fascinating question to ask them. That would be. That would be. I remember in university, I did like a family studies class 
And I don't know why I did a family study. I guess, you know, you have electives. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded good. I yeah, I guess so. It was, curious? It was I, I mean, I graduated with a religious studies degree in my undergrad, but that was when I was, I took the family studies class when I was studying sciences, when I was still in my pre-med track. <laughs> so I have no idea. But, I, the, but the, I'm thankful you took it. <laughs> yes, because I remember this one stat, uh, actually a couple of things that really stood out to me first one and this is this relates to a previous episode that we talked about is that some one of the best places to meet a future your future spouse is not at a bar not in a nightclub uh but actually they said in a church like the the, it was a secular family studies textbook and they said some one of the best places to meet a future spouse is at a church uh and you know i guess because Maybe you have better motives when you're going to a church than when you're at a nightclub. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, I have no idea. But that that really stood out to me. The mm-hmm. other thing that stood out to me was the fact of, hey, when you're doing something that you love. And it was cool because we met on a missions trip mm-hmm. during university. So that's that was pretty cool there. So that was the first thing. The second thing that I remember from the family studies class is how marriages were happier and there was a greater level of satisfaction when the chores were split evenly between husband and wife. Oh, so was that kind of earth shattering It was. To you? It was because growing up, it was, no, the dad is supposed to be the breadwinner. He'll vacuum and he'll do <laughs> mowing long because that's like heavy labor. I mean, not really. It's not really heavy labor, but I guess maybe compared to cooking, it's heavy labor. I don't know. Oh, don't you heavy vacuum? <laughs> okay, okay. So that, but that was my boy. yeah. That was my perception, right? That that that's what guys did, and and the woman was supposed to do all the cooking and the cleaning and and everything else. But it was so it, was, it really was earth shattering to see that stat, and I was like, you know what? That's awesome. When I get married, I have to make sure that I'm going to pull my own weight, even if I'm working outside the home. Was this before we met? Then? Yeah, it is before oh, we met. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's go back to the whole idea of our kids. I mean, our kids are sleeping right now. <laughs> We're recording this in our kitchen. But when we think about our kids and and how we can get them to own responsibilities and how we can get them to do chores, we've always really, even from when they were little kids emphasize the responsibility of hey you are a member of this family that's right we're not going to pay you to do stuff that we don't get paid for Mm -hmm. this is just a part of being a family so we've really had to learn and test and challenge our kids to do age-appropriate tasks yes and I think the underlying thing here is like Daniel was saying that we are a team Mm. and if one a team player decides like, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to. That affects the whole team. And so they've known this since they've been young. And we're not saying that we're perfect at this or anything. They still whine and they still grumble. Oh, of course. Just like sometimes <laughs> I whine and grumble under my breath when I have to do the dishes yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. But you're learning, and we'll talk about this more uh, in the next episode, but you're learning that sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, even if you don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. So in every environment or I guess every room in our house, we have different age appropriate tasks that our kids do. And I remember ever since our kids were probably younger than toddlers, when I think they could start crawling, even before they could start walking, we would teach them, we would sing songs, right? Clean up, clean up, everybody (laughs) everywhere. Clean up, clean up. Everybody do your share. (laughs) Right, and we would sing it out. 
And we learned that, I think, in some preschool, you know, preschool song classes, yeah. like before, even before preschool for mm-hmm. the kids. And even when they were crawling around, we're like, okay, part of cleaning up is let's, or part of playing is cleaning up. Yep. Right. Exactly. And they would learn how to put their blocks away. They wouldn't do all of them. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't ask a one and a half year old to do it all by themselves. Right. But we were like, hey, we played. You want to do this? Well, let's help clean up first. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll do one block, you do another. Mm -hmm. Try to, you know, at that age, try to really make it fun. Yeah, gamify. Um, Exactly. (laughs) And I remember also, I think I have a picture of this, where Makarios was in his little exorciser, and he was sitting there, and I was cooking and whatnot. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to teach him how he can wipe his toys down. (laughs) So I gave him... Oh, I remember (laughs) this. You're right. You're right. He's like, what, seven months, I think, or maybe six months. So I put him in the exorcister. I gave him a towel that uh, was a little bit moist so that if he put it in his mouth, it's not going to hurt him, whatever. And I showed him how to go to town on his exorcister. So here he was wiping down his (laughs) exorcister. Yes. Not with a sandy wipe. No, no, no. (laughs) Tiger mom. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, how how about when we sit down to eat a meal christina what are what are some age appropriates and just for all our audience or our listeners victoria's eight adeline seven and makarios is three so mm-hmm. today with our three seven and eight year old what do they do when we're about to sit down for dinner well we ask them all to chip in and to look at what has not been done yet and to find something that they can do and that's that's actually let's let's pause Unpack on that, that just a for a little bit, bit because mm-hmm. It's really easy to say, okay, kids, well, you get the dishes, you get the utensils, you get the cups, and you do this. But Christina and I have been working really hard on, what do you call it again? This executive decision making? or Yes, exa- executive executive functioning. Yeah, executive functioning. Mm-hmm. So when you unpack that and, and why we ask them to notice what hasn't been done and to act on that. Well, I think the same thing in um, a longitudinal way of looking at life is we really want them to be problem solvers. Mm. And so a part of problem solving is to know and realize what the problems are. And so this is an easy way for them and a tangible way for them to look around and be like, okay, um, what is the problem? The problem is that there are no utensils or plates on the table. That means we cannot serve the food. So let me go ahead and get that. Mm. Um, And so they've, you know, they'll do that. Um, They'll leave some things for Makaris. Like Makaris, for example, he's three. I'm not going to entrust him to pour the milk himself (laughs) because that'll be, you know, a lot more. detrimental i think to everyone mm-hmm. uh versus if he were the one to go get the plastic cups and to put them on the table and then you know our oldest victoria or adeline will go to the fridge and ask everybody what they want to drink and then we'll pour the drinks for everybody yeah even when it comes to sweeping up the ground mm-hmm. in our kitchen before brunch this morning actually on, at the time of this recording it's saturday night Right now, and and before brunch, they were eating some snacks, some pretzels, etc. So there was a ton. I mean, there was a huge mess on the ground, and I just it really annoys me when there's a ton of crumbs. You on don't the ground. like the crunch in the <laughs> bottom of your feet? <laughs> oh my goodness, no! So before, while I was finishing up with the pancakes and we were getting everything ready, I was like, "Hey, kids, someone take care of the floors. Mm-hmm. I don't care who, just someone, do, someone do it." So Victoria, I mean, it's not like they all jumped and they were like, oh, me, 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 
<laughs> no. I wish. <laughs> I, I think they were all kind of looking at each other. And Victoria, <laughs> I know. So Victoria eventually just went and grabbed our eldest, of course. Firstborn. Uh, yes, our firstborn. <laughs> she grabbed the broom and she started brooming it up. And she was like, can someone help me with the dustpan? And Macarios actually helped with the dustpan. Yes. And helped, I mean... <laughs> Like he put it there. He doesn't he like did. put exactly. it on the ground and that so well. And so that's the thing too. I know for me, it's so much easier to go and be like, okay, okay, I'll do the dustpan or I'll even do the sweeping because it's faster and all that. However, I feel like that's detrimental to them yeah. where if I just do it, then they're never going to learn. You know, mm-hmm. it's one thing to learn through observation. It's another thing to tangibly be able to do it yourself and for us to gently correct. Yeah. It's not being like, oh, how come you can't do this right or blah, blah, blah. It's encouragement, but it's also like, you know, if you were to put the dustpan a little bit lower, mm-hmm. then the food wouldn't slide off the dustpan. And it's like, oh, whoa. the wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Okay. Yeah, so even with young kids, and and you might have kids our age, your kids might be a little bit older, right? So when we were at our friend's house, their 12-year-old son just... It was at a party and he was done with his dinner and put the plate and the garbage in the trash. And actually, the trash was pretty full and he started pushing his plate down. And then he just looked at it and I wasn't, I, I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. It's not my house. It's not my son. And he, and he just kind of looked at it and he was like, shrugged his shoulders and just pulled the garbage out and put it away. Yeah. Like he threw the garbage both out. Both of us looked at each other. We're like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, that was epic. Amazing. <laughs> And we, I mean, we pointed it out to him and said, hey, man, that was awesome that you did that. And obviously we high-fived his parents because that's not just his, you know, incentive or his intuition to do that. That's something that had to be taught. It was because you saw the wheels turning on his head yes, on in exactly. his head. Am I going to push it down? Yep. Or am I just going to get get this done? Right. So he saw the problem and he saw a way that he could solve it. And so there you go. He did yeah. it. So this idea of executive, did you say executive functioning? Yes. Okay. I love that. So the idea of, of executive functioning is so key to instill in our kids when they're younger, because honestly, the people that I work with, some of the best team members that I work with at Lifeway, I mean, they have a high level of executive functioning where we're doing something and all of a sudden they just get something done because they see that it has to get done. Mm-hmm. And some of the interns that we've had in the past, some of the great interns that I've had in the past who are still college students, some of the best ones have that. Mm-hmm. And others, they're just kind of twiddling their thumbs. And it's like, what are you doing? And you didn't tell me what I had to do. I'm already done. Yeah. I'm like, well, you're... T- Find something else to do. Figure it out. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. So, and I, I must say too, that some people, they just have an innate ability to mm. do that, to be able to be kind of like a, you know, a, their own self-starter or whatnot. Mm. Um, and then other people, I'm sure you can think of your own kids too. Like, oh, some kids are, you know, are really driven and others mean a little bit of motivation, mm-hmm. but these things can be taught. Yeah, it, it just learned, yeah. takes time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a couple more examples before we go into our next point. The kids... I mean, our girls will fold and put their laundry away, mm-hmm. right? And if I ever go upstairs and think they put their laundry away way too fast, <laughs> like yesterday, uh, I go up and I check and I'm like, hey, kids, come back. If you're not going to do it right, you're going to do it all over again. <laughs> right. And I think, too, along with that, that obviously our standards and their standards are a little bit different. I don't and we don't expect them to, you know, have all of their shirts like completely put in, you know, alphabetical order <laughs> or Amen. like, you know, <laughs> color coordinated yeah. or whatnot. Um, we do expect them to put it away in a way that they can A, find shirts and mm. B, be able to close their drawers. Yeah. Because there's been times where they just have stuffed it in and closed it and you see like the sleeve oh, hanging out yes. or whatnot. And yes. that actually drives me a little bonkers. But um you know, I think there's a level and that goes with age appropriateness. Uh, there's a level of, you know, when they were three, the fact that they could put their laundry away and the fact they folded it into like, you know, maybe once or twice. Hey, that's great. I think the lesson is learned there. But at their current age, we can take it to a different level and a different expectation. Yeah. I mean, we don't expect Macarios to fold and put his laundry away. No, but, but we, he helps sort. He yes. helps sort everybody's laundry and he'll pick out his own stuff and he'll pick out the girl's stuff and, you know, put it into different piles. So yeah. that's his way of helping out. Yeah. So as you teach your kids this idea of executive functioning, and I think I think one way that you can help them make the right decisions is to emphasize the idea of consequences. Mm-hmm. So... This actually, we've only had to do this once, and mm. I really feel as though it um, has stuck with the girls. We haven't done it with Macarios yet because he hasn't had to, but um, there has been times where we have asked them repeatedly to clean up, and they said, yeah, 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 whatever, and they've kind of cleaned up. But you know that cleaning that almost sounds like it's way too much fun, so they're playing around and not really cleaning and making more mess. Um, so I've gone in there and said, you know, to me, what you're communicating is either one, I have too much stuff, so I don't know where to put it, or two, that I am not grateful for the things that we have. And what we do, like we talked about before, we do sponsor, you know, children in different countries who literally do not have even enough food to eat. Mm. So we talk about that and we talk about, you know, how can we be grateful for the things that we do have and show and respect the things that we do have. And also, you know, if we can't do that, maybe we need to minimize a little bit and we need to get rid of stuff. So our stuff is not owning us Mm. and not owning our hearts and not owning our times. So I have done this once where they didn't clean up multiple times, didn't clean up. And so I told them, if this is not cleaned up, you know, in 10 minutes, then I am going to start putting things away and we are going to donate it. And so their choice was to not clean up. Yeah. And so they helped. They helped. We took out a trash bag and they helped put stuff into the trash bag um, and we brought it to the donation center. Yeah. 
-hmm. Yeah, they didn't do that again. <laughs> no, they didn't. And I have told them before, I said, you know, oh, I, if they're like, I don't want to clean up, I don't want to clean up. And I said, that's fine. You know, mommy can clean up for you. And they go, what does that mean? And I'm like, you know exactly what that means. Oh, we're going to clean up. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we'll clean up. Um, but there has been times too, I must say, that they're like, you know, mommy, there's just a lot of stuff in here that we don't need. I don't think we need this. And I think somebody else could benefit from this. So they have gone on their own um, choice and have given stuff away. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So when it comes to chores when it comes to responsibilities and getting things done obviously you want to going back to our premarital counseling example you there's a lot of stuff that can be done and needs to get done and it, it sometimes feels like there's not enough hours in the day but when it comes to getting things done I think it's really important that we exemplify and we have the heart of serving one another mm -hmm. that it's not just this idea of oh I've, I've got to knock out these chores so I can get what I really want to get done. But hey, when I'm so for example, when I take the trash out before, you know, I regularly take the trash out, but when I am going to be going on a on a trip for work, mm -hmm. I'll typically even if it's midweek, I'll check all the trash cans and just make sure that they're empty so you don't have to push it down or you don't have to take it out. Oh, I so appreciate that. <laughs> really beyond yeah. words. And and I do that and and sometimes if it's you know, you hate emptying the dishwasher mm -hmm. and I don't always get around to it but when I do it it's it's this idea of okay I don't really like doing it either but I know Christina doesn't like doing it even more <laughs> so, so who hates it less? yes exactly so I'm gonna serve her in and through this so I think it's just this important it's just so important to exemplify that exemplify mm -hmm. to our kids and to one another because when I'm doing that I'm like hey I'm doing this whether Christina notices or not I'm doing it because I love her. I don't want to serve her. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, I know Daniel does not enjoy cleaning the toilets. And I don't mind for whatever reason. And so I'll go in and I'll clean the toilets. And Makarios loves it for whatever reason, too. So he'll go in and he'll help me, you know, scrub the toilets and, you know, clean around and whatnot. So, yes. yeah, he like begs for me to clean them so he can go and take the little like the brush, brush yeah, and like swat it around. Or whatnot, <laughs> that's funny. So. That's funny. You know, when I was a kid, I remember liking doing that, too, but it just didn't translate when I was older. <laughs> Well, you know, if if there's a lot of stress and let's say you are going through a busy season of life. Yes, we all have those. Yeah. I don't think there's any shame in hiring a house cleaner. And no, sometimes you I think sometimes it's like you might have this principle or this idea where it's like, oh, the moment we're going to hire a house cleaner, we're never not going to want to hire a house cleaner. And I don't think that's the case. No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure there's sometimes because you do realize how much, you know, time that you do have. But um, I've known friends who they'll hire a house cleaner, you know, once every few months. So they'll do like the really deep cleaning, like the, you know, um, dusting all the blinds and washing all the walls and kind of, you know, the um, different things like that, that take a lot of time, but don't need to be done, you know, every week. And there's other friends who have um, done, you know, like once a month or, you know, um, twice a twice a month or whatnot. And that has really brought a lot of harmony into their household. Yeah, because it's just that one less thing that needs to get done. Right. And if both spouses really hate, you mm. know, doing a certain thing and are constantly fighting over that, and that is, you know, a point of, you know, butting heads, then maybe hiring yeah. a house cleaner once a month would, would really help. Yeah, just don't go out to eat as a family one time. 
Yeah. And there you go, right? <laughs> right. You'll, I mean, yeah, like we talked about before um, in finances, you, you know, be wise about how you spend your money. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's ways that you can fiddle around for with your finances, maybe that would be a good um, opportunity to you know, to have harmony in your house. For sure. For sure. Now, because you're listening to this podcast, you probably value the idea of multitasking and, and of listening to podcasts while you're driving or working out or doing chores. In fact, uh, whatever you're doing right now while you're listening to this show, if you could just shout out to us on social media at in between show and let us know if you're driving well i mean don't do it while you're driving (laughs) maybe when you're at a stoplight i don't know actually i didn't know yeah i didn't i didn't (laughs) just say that (laughs) or you know when you're working out or mowing the lawn or vacuuming or whatever so whatever you're doing right now we would just love to know what you're doing while you're listening to this Mm -hmm. but the fact that you are listening to podcasts most people don't just sit on the couch and listen to a podcast and nothing else it's usually while doing something else Mm -hmm. and we would really encourage you to continue to do that while you're doing chores to listen to audiobooks as well but we do want to encourage you to once in a while just try doing something in complete silence oh yes silence is golden after you listen to the in-between podcast but you know <laughs> yeah. after that don't turn it off yes. mid- midway and be like okay we need some silence yes. now <laughs> keep listening till the end <laughs> yeah. So, for example, I have found um, sometimes the most mundane tasks are ways and opportunities where I can be silent. Mm. So I'm not thinking about what I'm doing, um, but an opportunity for me as a Christian to pray and to, you know, ask God, like, what's like, what would you want me to do kind of thing? And and listening to, you know, different promptings. And I've had times where I really felt like, God was um, asking me to text someone. So Mm. I text them and, you know, sometimes it's just like, thank you so much for thinking of me. And other times it's been like, I was having such a rough day and I just needed a reminder that someone's thinking of me. And here you go, this text. And I really think that um, in this busy world, I wouldn't have the opportunity to sit down and reflect unless I made the time. And so, yeah, dishes for me is something that I kind of tune out everything else. And mostly it's because the kids are upstairs getting ready for bed. So it's a little bit of me time too, of just silence. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people understand the, the, I guess the magical nature of showers, right. And thinking Mm -hmm. and how, I mean, a ton of people say this, right. Your best ideas come when you're in the shower. Your best ideas come when you're on the can. Your best ideas. <laughs> and and no, but we hear things like this, right? Yeah. But we don't hear your best ideas come when you're wiping down the table. Mm-hmm. Your best ideas don't come when you're doing the dishes. And it's it's really fascinating to look at the research and how the most creative individuals, they make space to not think and to not continue to go. So it's it's fascinating. I heard this this one talk on this where some of the best and the most creative individuals, what they would do is they would do a lot of work, a lot of thinking, a lot of reading. And then what they would do is just let it simmer, right? Let it's it process, let it process, let right. your, and, and just do something completely different. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on another book idea and exciting, I'm do- <laughs> and I'm doing a lot of research right mm-hmm. now, a lot of research, and I'm not going to go straight into it, but I'm just doing a lot of research, filling my head with this and just I, I want my head to, and I want my brain to begin making all the connections. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you can do is 
have those connections by the silence and with the silence and allow your brain just to rest and to think through a lot of disparate connections that right. might not be there. Right. You're simmering. <laughs> yeah, you're simmering. <laughs> exactly. So as we come to an end of the podcast, honestly, we really do just want to encourage you to have a conversation with your spouse mm-hmm. and to talk just like we did in our premarital counseling to talk about expectations that you have for one another. Maybe it's you, maybe you did this years ago and, and it's time to just revisit it and say, Hey, do you actually like doing all the cooking? Mm-hmm. Because one, the spouse might not, and it's just might've been a normal right. and a normal, not well, just growing up, but because you've been married for however many years. So I, I would encourage you to really go through and look at all the chores, all the things that need to get done in the house and just do a quick, Hey, do you still like doing this? Do mm-hmm. you not? And have that have that honest conversation with one another. Right. And for those who have kids, that would be a great time to, I mean, if they're younger, then maybe you need to assign some certain tasks to them. Mm-hmm. And if they're older, have like a family meeting and be like, okay, here are the tasks that we need to get done. This is what mom and dad are doing. Um, is there anything that we could trade or yeah. what would you, what is your natural inkling that you would be like, Hey, I hate this, but I don't mind doing this. And mm. the other, you know, child is, well, that's good because I actually like that, but I hate what you like doing. So and yeah. working as a team. I like that. I like that. External motivators work too, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So if it's, you know, it's, it's hard to get around to some of those cleaning things or those chore things and just regularly have people over and you'll just force yourself to get done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To pick up the toys or yeah. at least the underwear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, Christina, the idea of having a daily, weekly and monthly cleaning schedule. So just before we come to, as we come to an end to the pod, the end of the podcast, what would you say goes into kind of that daily, weekly and monthly, those categories when it comes to cleaning? Well, actually, um, this idea comes from a bunch of different Pinterest um, ideas around that I've seen. And so um, but we can link some of those as well. But uh, to give you an example, so daily, like for us, the dishes are daily, the making, you know, the lunches for the the next day of school are daily. Uh, A weekly thing would be, you know, to wipe down... um, the counters in terms of dust and uh, cleaning the bathrooms. Vacuuming. And, yeah, exactly. Mowing the lawn. Exactly. Yeah. And so monthly, maybe that looks like, um, you know, cleaning the windows yeah. or wiping down the blinds or things like that. So things that, you know, don't necessarily need to be done um, as frequently. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So we hope this episode was helpful and it gave you new ideas for ongoing conversations with your spouse and with your kids Mm -hmm. we'd love to hear what you think but if you have not yet left us a rating and review on itunes or apple Podcasts, we would deeply 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 appreciate that because that does help get the word out but next week we're going to be talking about grit Mm -hmm. not grits we're not talking about you know (laughs) not shrimp and grits nope sorry guys and not sand either (laughs) (laughs) but grit in parenting right Mm -hmm. so how to raise gritty kids that persevere that are strong in character that Mm -hmm. are tenacious it's gonna be a fun episode yes so be sure to join us next week Mm -hmm. see you later this episode was brought to you in part by the areopagus podcast two clergy of different traditions father andrew stephen damick and michael landsman discuss encounters of historic christianity with other religious traditions How do we engage with those who believe differently?
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.